time to get up, get out of bed. Fill your cup and get ahead with WKGN. One, three, four, oh. Now from the studios of Fox Sports Knoxville, this is Three and Out with Nate Hodges and Houston Kress. Fan Run Radio. To the end zone and caught for the touchdown, McCoy. Milton to Brew McCoy. Milton gonna take a shot wide open and just struck in his Keaton. Joe Milton does it again. Best formation football there is. And that feeling for Josh Heupel. The Tennessee Volunteers are the champions of the Capital One Orange Bowl. And Joe Milton has got to feel great. Good finds Bill Self, shake hands. Tennessee, they're your champs. The bad boy mowers battle for Atlantis goes to the Volunteers. And they were the bad boys from the jump in this one. That's an interesting question. This is a smooth shot. Wake up, squirrels. You got a visitor into the trees. You called down the thunder. Well, now you got it. You tell them I'm coming, and hell's coming with me. You hear? Hell's coming with me. White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios of Fan Run Radio. Tournament Monday edition of the program. Tournament Monday. Yeah. I I just didn't know what you were going to call it. Well, we're, uh, you know, we'll recap the SEC tournament. We'll get you set for the big dance. (laughs) Tournament Monday. What a tournament it was. Print your brackets out. Get out the highlighters, the... Red, the blue, the pens, you know, get all set. Pencils so you can erase and adjust as you go. <laughs> yeah. Always have the perfect bracket, right? Just doing pencil. Mm. I don't know where to start with, uh, with this, but uh, you were there, so you experienced It's so. it I, just means more. I, the SEC basketball tournament from the great state of Tennessee, Nashville, Bridgestone Arena. Yeah, 
where there's no alcohol being sold. You needed some. After I that needed game. some to watch this team. Sheesh. Missouri. Missouri. Their fans didn't say word one the whole game. I'm walking out. I get accosted. Go home. Go home. Go home. I'm like, I'm literally doing that. I'm <laughs> just walking. He saw my hat. He was like, oh, yeah, bye. Bye. I'm like, oh, God. I didn't even see you during the – I wasn't near you. It's not like we were having, like, yeah, take that, buddy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, how about that three? Uh-huh. This guy, just he just looked at me. He was like, yeah, go home. Fine, I will. I'm on my way there now. I'm going to pick up some Publix dinner and eat it in my hotel. Yeah, congratulations. You made it a Saturday. Good job, Missouri. It was pretty good. I mean, I'd like to have made it a Saturday. But, hey, we won one, you know. Kicked the rust off and said, yeah. you know. Then rested up. Tie game late. We just said, all right. I've Rick Barnes had seen it enough. Yeah, he, another tie game with four he, and a half He didn't to go. want to show our super secret plays. <laughs> okay. Our super secret postseason plays. You he know we're like the only those. team in our half of the of the bracket to not win our conference tournament. Yep. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So we got weird. the fresher legs is what you're telling me. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. They put us with a tired group of we're, people. <laughs> we are ready to go. Louisiana was the first team to qualify, though. Oh, really? Yeah. They've been done for they like a – They're rusty. They're yeah. rusty. We yeah, got rusted. They, they, yeah. See, you got We're rested. They're rusted. You want to play in a Power 5 league that has their tournament run all the way to right up till selection time, but mm. but don't win it. Like, just bow it early. Or win your tournament, but be early. But not that early. That's no, too early. too early. Yeah. They're kicked back. They're chilling. They're uh-huh. eating too much. They're going to come out sluggish. Yep. yep. Coach is going to get mad at him for being sluggish. He's going to run even more, getting them both rusted and tired. I knew as soon as they started announcing the first, like halfway through the first bracket, when the first like ACC team was a good bit higher seated than uh, than Lenardi and all the, the, the experts had, and then the first SEC team... Um, I don't know which one it was, but it it felt like they were a little low. I was like, yep, we're not getting a three. And then, sure enough, all the Greensboro pods went by, and I'm like, yep, here comes Duke. It was mm-hmm. it was it was pretty it was pretty blatant what had happened. The committee went with their blue blood goggles because, of course, they did. And uh, you know, I don't know if you noticed, but Kentucky seemed overseeded, like got a a, a better seed. A&M got completely hosed. That's your best first-round matchup, though, right there, Penn State A&M. You would say that. Two best point guards in the country. Well, it's uh, two of the top ten of my top 50 point guards in the country. (laughs) (laughs) What did Kentucky get as a seed? Six. Yeah. Yeah. They got to go through Providence, Marquette, Kansas State. Then it would be, I guess. That's our uh, region, right? Yeah. Purdue, yeah, Purdue. No, well, we're with Purdue. Purdue. Well, Purdue. So there we got the four. That's the problem with not, not getting the three. Not Providence. Let's say they play round one, Crest. Is this not updated? Am I not looking? Because it's a big storyline. Because what are we that doing, one Joe? kid, that one kid transferred from Kentucky to Providence, mm. and he's now Providence's best player. Mm. That's interesting. Well, anyway, enough about Kentucky. Uh, back to the Missouri game. What was the problem? Like, what? From my seat, mm-hmm. 
It appeared that Missouri hit a big three every single time Tennessee started to gain a little. I mean, I'm not even kidding. There were about four or five times in this game. Because obviously Tennessee fans outnumbered Missouri. Now, they were more condensed in their little corner. Okay. But Tennessee fans, as far as the arena, yeah. it was very clearly, and again, Kentucky still had a session or you know a break between sessions, but there were a lot of Kentucky. Man, it's crazy how many Kentucky fans. And they were one and done, so good for them. It is, but it is great. I mean, did you watch their game? Did anyone watch the Kentucky game against Vanderbilt? No. Might as well have been Rupp. Mm. You know, Vanderbilt's in their home city. Mm-hmm. But anyway, every single time Tennessee would do something, you know, get a stop, or like we, we went up eight right to, right at the start of the second half. Uh, we went yeah, up, you had them. We went up six at one point and got the ball back in the first half. Every single time, Tennessee fans would make the collective decision of like, all right, we're going to stand up and we're going to cheer and we're going to make some no- three-pointer. They're Every the luckiest three-point shooting team. Did you see the one they hit against Bama? Oh, yeah, yeah. Going out of yeah. bounds in the corner. And, and bottom. Hodge well, was his name. Him, right? Hodge. Yep. Yeah, we had no answer for Brown or Hodge. Hodge was oh, everything he threw up one in. And then Brown. He's just a good did, did you watch that game? Yeah. Okay. I thought Gates did a really, really nice job with Kobe Brown. Every time we put, like, Kumwa or Plavzic in, they would spread him out to let him mm-hmm. shoot threes. And then we went we went really small at one point. We had, like, it was like Joe at the five. Yeah. And Phillips, Vescovy, I think at that point it was, like, Key and Meshack. I mean, the... I mean, it was all guards on the floor. And what'd they do? He went down, he put one foot in the paint, put his butt right up against Josiah and threw that hand up and said, ball. And then what did he do? He knocked Josiah about four feet back on his little, you know, dribble moves and then just turns around and lays it up and in. And then we'd switch. Okay, we're going to put Kumwa on him. Okay, I'm going to stand out here. I'm going to spread the floor. I'm either going to shoot this three or drive around Kumwa. It was I mean, they went through him, and then he did a great job, especially when we had someone who could actually guard him in the paint of just because he's so big. We'd try to double him, and he's just looking over the double like, oh, hey, guys, I'm going to kick it to Hodge here. He's going to hit a three in your eyeballs. Call it like it is. Let's not sugarcoat it. Dennis Gates, especially in the second half, outcoached Rick Barnes, coached circles around him. Did the, did, I'll be honest, I'm not saying he didn't, but I think the biggest difference in this game was they had Kobe Brown and we didn't. Did they ha- was there a timeout in the second half where they didn't score coming out of it? I thought the same thing. They they came out of one hollow with Brown bucket. It's so weird being at the game because like stoppages and you're looking at the cl- like it, it feels like when you're watching on TV you you're very clear with the pace. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, commercial. Oh, this is a 30-second. Like, they, there'd be a timeout call, and I'm like, all right, is this going to be – like, are they at commercial right now? It's very – it's hard to know, like, how long they're going to be able to draw up a play or whatever. I, I didn't really notice that. What I did notice was that we – and they did this to uh, – who did they play the next day? Bama. Bama. They did this to Bama early, too. They turned people over under the basket more than any team I've ever seen. You know, normally it's like a steal out front or, you know, a bad pass. They somehow would get, like, you go baseline on them and they're like knocking it off your hand out of bounds. They did it mm-hmm. to us about, I feel like eight of our turnovers were under our own basket. Well, you look at the numbers. I mean, 
Tennessee and Missouri took and made the exact same amount of three-point shots. Yep, yep. Both teams were 10 of 24. 10 26. 10 of 26. Tennessee actually got to the line one more attempt, hmm. made more of their free throws. Yep. And I think they got up one more shot. They got up one more field goal right. total. So one more two than Tennessee. But they shot it better from two, and you turned it over 14 times to so their 11. So they had a three-possession uh, advantage on the turnover front. and uh, But Tennessee had five offensive rebounds more mm-hmm. than Missouri. Missouri. So, I mean, that was kind of washed out there. It was essentially an even game. Um, almost down to, I mean, the assists were 14 for Tennessee, 15 for Missouri. They just shot the ball a little better from two-point range than you did, and that was it. And this is another game where, like you mentioned, you had the lead in the second half. Another game that was uh, with, it was definitely tied with between four and five minutes to go, and you lost down the stretch. This Tennessee team hasn't won. Ha- they didn't have many close games. For a long time this what, year, like the Mar- Maryland, yeah, the ones they, you know, they beat USC in overtime. Yeah, uh, Maryland was close. They had a bunch of blowout wins. Um, Arizona was a close loss, but like even the Kentucky game was seven. And then uh, this team just struggles to win close games. I, I don't know. They did beat Auburn in that forty-three forty-six slugfest, but it felt like Auburn was about to steal that one. Not that you. You know, not that it was even well, going into it. Four don't five forget, minutes Auburn was taking a three that they could have very easily called a foul on. Yeah, you know, late. So I don't know if that was it, at the buzzer, or if we got free throws after that. I I don't know. I I don't know what it is with this team in in close games. They just they they struggle. I don't know if it's because we they don't have the the kind of the go to player to play through. On the offensive end, there's you know still that kind of offensive identity issue, or if it's you know if it, there just hasn't been that many games, and I, you look back and it's still kind of I mean I know Ziegler's out now, but this team's having the same problems they had even when he was in you know the first time when you lost to Vanderbilt, Missouri back to back, and then all of a sudden you beat Alabama out of nowhere, and then you mm-hmm. lose to Kentucky and A and M and I don't know. They're just, they just kind of feel like an average basketball team. I didn't think though, watching the Missouri game, God, Tennessee's playing like crap. Like I feel like Missouri was playing pretty like good basketball. I feel like it was a pretty high level game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I'd agree. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't feel like, man, this is this is some bad SEC basketball. I feel mm-hmm. like this is, you know, Missouri is a pretty good team, and Tennessee's a pretty good team, and this thing's going down the wire. That's kind of how I felt. Didn't exactly go down to the wire. Well, it should have. I don't know. Do we have another drought at the end? I didn't. I'll check that. Like mm, we did, didn't we? We had to have, right? I mean, the game was tied and we lost by eight. <laughs> like, how how do we? It could have been just one of those we're missing shots, obviously, and they were making. It really. We were found I mean, right. let's see here. Well, I guess we were down three. No, like it was like it was like a two minute drought. We had a, we had one in the first half that was pretty sizable. We got stuck on sixteen. For, I mean, we scored we scored two points in the last two two eleven. We got stuck on sixteen for five minutes in the first half. Sheesh, we that's got, when we were up big. We too. got up, yeah, we got up seven, and then you know, kind of became a back and forth game a little bit. And then we obviously uh, we were stuck on twenty five. 
from 541 to 105. Oh, so there were two two big lulls in the first half. half. But you still, again, you had the lead in the uh, second. mm -hmm. Vescovy was out for a lot of that, right? Because he was in foul trouble? Yeah. He only played 30 minutes. Him and Joe were out like the last six minutes of the first half because they picked up two fouls. You want to know what they each finished with? Two fouls? Mm-hmm. Are you serious? Yep. Oh, yep. man. So we basically wasted six minutes of having them on. But we had the lead at half. Oh, I know. Even with all that. Yeah, thanks to a Meshack yeah. bomb. I remember the uh, yeah. announcer saying, like, you know, Tennessee's doing this without Vesky on the floor. Yeah, every bucket that last six minutes felt like just a bonus. Because <laughs> the defense was really good. Yeah, yeah, Meshack, Our, uh, Meshack pulls up and just ices one. Tennessee's two foul participation number for the season is 10.7%. So we play guys that have two fouls in the first half 10.7% of the time. The national average is 22.5%. That ranks Tennessee 298th in the country in two foul participation. Didn't know that was a stat, but you, you would think your two seniors, you could maybe trust them a little bit. In that scenario, well, and I think it was I think it was Nate Oates that did a bunch of research and yeah. determined that he said two in the first and three in the second. There's you you should not sit them. Yeah. So we're we're doing that old school, and I'm not sure it's working. Um, but I like I don't know. Like I mean, Key showed up, played pretty well, hit shots. Yeah, he plays well against Missouri. I don't know what's up with that. Like, I don't know why. That... I really he wish he made five twos, which mm-hmm. was surprising. I really wish we could have got Vescovy more looks from three before it was like kind of crunch time. Got to throw him up there mm. because he was. He started, I think, three of four. I think he was three of three actually, and the one he missed in the first half was. I I, I don't know how it wasn't in. It must have hit the rim below, like the bottom of the rim. The ball was bouncing around, and it still just kicks out. Yeah. And then he hits that crazy step back one at the uh, shot clock buzzer in the second half. Incredible. But he only gets up nine attempts, and only I think I think three were in and out. He missed one from like dead center, top of the key. That was it was off to the right, I believe. But I. It felt like he was he was hot, and then we just it's like he'll get three shots in five minutes, and then he won't get another shot for a while. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I really don't care if he's taking them ISO off the dribble step back. Like he's our best option. Well, your bigs didn't really do anything. They and did that, nothing. That kills you, especially against a team that is. I couldn't believe Cumwall had eleven. Kind of. A I know he hit that late team. three to kind of keep us in it while they were pulling away, but. That was a quiet 11 from him. Adu did nothing. Plavzic, nothing. You did, I mean, you got 26 points off the bench. If you'd have told me that, I'd have said, oh, yeah, we won this game. Or five and double figures, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, well, yeah, because, I mean, Meshach had 14, but I, like, is it just time to only play one of those guys at a time? Like Adu, Kamwa, and Plavsic, like in Awaka. Should only one of those guys pretty much be in the game at kind once? Kind of felt like, uh, well, at least late, that's what they that's what they went to. Mm-hmm. One or none. Yeah. But 
Because Adu and yeah, Adu and Kumwa started, right? And Adu was just, yeah. I mean, he was out there. <laughs> I guess he was a body. He drove it in on a guard at one point and goes up and gets knocked like four feet. Of, like I don't know how that happens. Mm-mm. Like that undersized dude with the curly hair. Yeah, just puts his elbow up. Not he didn't like shove him. He just is kind of there. And Adu flies like he got hit by a Mack truck. Weight room, kid. Well, that, I mean, that's Come on, what, Hickman. That's what Missouri did. Like, uh, Diara, he only played 11 minutes. I mean, they were small the, the whole game. Like you said, just playing through Kobe Brown. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Well, yeah, when we went to a small lineup, they used him as the big. Right. It was. I, I thought it was really smart. Because we didn't... Josiah got abused by him. Abused by Kobe Brown in the paint. And I'm not big on knocking players, but Josiah had a really bad game. Three points. Well, we kind of knew. I mean, he went off for, I what, know, 23 know, the game yeah, before. Yeah. And everyone said that, like, oh, he's he's hot and cold, hot and cold, hot That's and cold. He'll, how, he'll come out and kill Louisiana, and then we'll get trounced by Duke. Kind of how everybody on our team operates without with the exception of Vescovy, you know? Like, mm. Kumwa does it, James does it. Kind of just who we are at this point. So I think that goes back to that we don't like we don't have a way to play. Like there's no mm. like there you know there's not an identity. There is on defense, but not on offense. So I mean these guys are very consistent. Yeah, but that's two out of our game. last three games that we've given up 49 points in the second half. Did you see the metrics of our defense when we're not at home? No, we're like 70th. When we're not at home. When, like, neutral or away, our defense is, like, 70th in the country. We are the number We are the number one performing team across the board at home. And I think we're, like, 50th on the road. Our defense on the road is not comically bad. It's still top 100, but the, dif- average, yeah. the difference is stunning. Huh, and that's with a couple stinkers at home, like the first one in Missouri. Yeah, that's no, that's. Well, you're not even number one anymore in Kim Palm defense. Oh, I'm sure. Season. No, no, we've fallen off the last two weeks. Yep. What are we at now? Uh, two. Oh, okay. We're four, we're still 49th in offensive efficiency. It's crazy for the year. How? 49th. I mean, does Ziegler make that big of a difference defensive? I mean, I know, I guess it's matchup dependent. Like, but would, would he have made that much of a difference against Hodge? Mm, not really. No, I don't think so. What he do? What did Hodge do against us in the first meeting? Did he like right? He didn't have twenty six. I bet that was most disappointing because I feel like we have a matchup for him better than we do with Kobe Brown. He's a good player. I mean, but. Hodge had 14 in the first one. Brown had 21. It was Golston that had uh, 18 in East. Mm-hmm. East we were, off the bench with 17. East had so. 17, and that was I feel like that was the guy's – I mean, that's a small, smaller guy. So, uh, I mean, with the way we switch and the way most teams switch now, if you want a different matchup, like all you have to do is run a ball screen and everybody switches it, so you just get whatever you want. You don't – did you hear 
well, I know you didn't. Did you guys hear late in the game when the sideline reporter had listened into the Tennessee huddle? And as they came out, I think she said, uh, she said, Rick Barnes really got over, got on Olivia Kamwa and said, you know, Kobe Brown jurors, we're not switching you. We're not switching. You've got to just, you've got to just man up and take him. I was like, okay, that's a great defense strategy. So we're just, just Kamwa on Brown. That's, and, and no switching. How did he do specifically on Brown? I don't, I actually, in my head, as I'm watching the I game, actually, I like that one the best. I actually watched for that matchup the next two trips down, and I don't think Missouri might have scored. I can't remember, but it wasn't like they tried to post him against Kamwa. Well, Kamwa was the out. only guy who, when he's back and down, could you know put a yeah. foot back and hold him in place. Well, remember when I said last year maybe we should have tried uh, Josiah on uh, Dickinson? Maybe that's maybe the coaches know that like that ain't gonna work. Like he's just too soft. Yeah. And that first time, I'm like, all right, Josiah on Kobe. I like this. Josiah, he's big and physical. He's going backwards. He's going backwards. He's going out to layup. Okay, uh, this this experiment's over. They came down like two possessions later. Same thing. Just two dribbles, a little up and under, and I'm like, okay, get Josiah off Kobe Brown. I think the next. I think they pulled him for like three possessions after that. Yeah, Josiah's 6'6", 225. Kobe Brown's 6'8", 250. He looked every. He looked six ten in this game. Nah, he just, he plays just big. He, man. he, he does. Yeah, Kamwa six nine two thirty six. So I mean, they tried Toby. <laughs> Poor kid. They're the same size. He's just inexperienced. Yeah, yeah. They're exactly the same size. Yeah, but Kobe know, Brown has is. skill, like like post move right. skill, up and under, well, yeah, double he, move. I mean, he plays like yeah. a guard. Yeah, yeah. And then he's and a then pro, dude. bully you too. Man. Well, we're off and running. Bracket Monday edition of the program. Uh, we'll open up the big Orange Philly phone lines. Obviously, we'll spend a lot of today looking ahead and looking at not only Tennessee's bracket, but around the, the whole field of 68. If you want to weigh in, 865-546-8200. We'll take calls about the SEC tournament. Got to hear more about Cress's experience there in Nashville and how that went. Uh, Big Orange Philly phone line's open for you, 865-546-8200. Stick with us right here on 3 and Out. Welcome back to 3 and Out right here on Fan Run Radio. Tennessee's regular season done. 23 and 10. And uh, a four seed in the NCAA tournament. We'll uh, take your phone calls now. 865-546-8200. Up first we have Matt on the line. What's up, Matt? You're on 3 and Out. What's up, guys? Morning. Oh, we're, uh, we all know Sweet 16 is the ceiling for this team. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Is it weird? I think that if we make it to the Sweet 16, we actually have a pretty decent shot at an Elite Eight. I I <laughs> I just worry about that round of 32 matchup if it's Duke or hell. I, I look better at Duke than I do because uh, we probably most likely go up against Purdue in the 16, right? Yeah. 
I'd rather play Purdue than I would Duke. I think Duke's pretty. Duke's got that dude that's like seven foot tall, seven yeah, two or something. He's like, or I weigh, he weighs less than I do. That's <laughs> like a stick. You got to play Duke before you can get to Purdue, though. Yeah, possibly. I mean Purdue is the one seed that everybody wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I mean, maybe now it's Houston with the Sasser injury over the weekend, but. There's no guarantee Purdue's even going to be there. Uh, I, I don't know how I feel about relying on a guy like Zach Eady to win you games in the tournament, but we'll see. There's no, there's no guarantee Duke's going to be there after we whoop that ass. <laughs> a true. lot of people are saying it might be Oral Roberts in round two. Like, don't, you know, it, it might it, be Louisiana making it to the 16, boys. Yeah. That was the uh, the popular pick on the selection show. They were all just like, oh, yeah, Louisiana's winning that game. I was like, oh, yeah, they were on it. And two other guys were like, yep, definitely. Even Jay Wright. Jay Wright, what are you doing? Yeah. I thought you wanted okay, this job. Man. Jay Wright's like, yeah, that's going to be tough for Tennessee. I'm like, shut up, idiot. What do you know about coaching? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I think at this point, it, yeah, it's hard to be optimistic. It really is because everything's just kind of funneled down to this point and you're down, you know, Arguably the one of the best point guards in the SEC and probably a top tier point guard in the country. You know, it's like we just don't. I don't know. We just don't look right. Something's off. It's it's been off for a little while, anyways. But I thought with James and Phillips coming back, we'd start to click, and it's just it's progressively gotten worse. I mean, for James to play like he did is uh, it's kind of shocking, guys. With his tenure, he he's to the point where he shouldn't be flip flopping like this. Mm-hmm. Not going to make it if he doesn't play good. That's just now he's the backbone of your team, and I mean you guys know and I know. I mean, do y'all have faith that Key's going to play good consistently? He is so. It is just it's all about matchups for him. If if he can get open against his guard, he can hit some shots, but. He's he needs a very slow guard on him. Well, he's played good in both games against Missouri. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just does. He's like James, man. They play good and score twenty points in a game, and you're thinking, all right, all right. And the next game, they both just they don't show up. And the problem is, we've got five starters that do that. I mean, where were our bigs at? Like, they know non-existent. Showed. Yeah. Well, a lot of that was because, uh, and I, I don't know how they weren't a little better offensively, but defensively, like Missouri didn't really play their bigs the way they kind of normally do. Or maybe they saw the matchup with our bigs and they were like, well, we're not going to win that battle, so we're going to go small. We're going to force Tennessee to go small. We're going to play through Kobe Brown. And that's what they did. And he not only lit us up, but he got other guys great looks too. And then, of course, he that last shot, the – short three rebound just goes right into his chin. He scoops it and lays it up. Well, do you guys uh, – I hate saying this. I I, I really do because I hate Alabama. But, man, are they not the best team in the country by far? Uh, <clears throat> I, Yeah, they, I think they're the best team. But I think this season's kind of – it's kind of wide open. I. I don't trust anybody else, so maybe I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe it is by far, but it's, well, it's and I hate it too. I hate saying that just turns my gut, man, because I can't stand the program. 
I can't stand Brandon Miller. I don't like their coach. But I'll be damned if they don't just continue with all the drama going on. I don't know of another program that could just come through it and shine like they are. I mean, you talk about not being able to polish a turd like it's impossible to do. But I got Alabama figured out a way to do it. Yeah, I uh, no, I'll, I'll, they, eat, I'll eat my crow. I thought they'd get to the postseason, and you know him having solid. to be interviewed and all the distractions. Because not only was he getting asked questions that he refused to answer, like they were asking other players. Like they asked Javon Quinterly, "Do you own a gun?" Like those were the types of questions that Bama's players are having to answer. And I thought that would be a big distraction for them. And instead, somehow, Alabama has made this the. Uh, world against us rally the troops thing it's like look at them battle through the adversity that they created for themselves yeah but somehow it's galvanized the team and they played really well i mean did they have they were close no yeah they didn't have a close game it was kind of like yeah. us last year it, well they they blew out teams more than we did last year but it felt like every yeah, every, every bama game started they were like immediately up 15 and missouri fought their yeah, way just, back uh, uh in the first half at least but and pulls yeah, and away Brandon just continue to, yeah, just continues to play, you know, lights out. I mean, I'll get out of here, guys. But I, I you know, I've, I've not been on a on a bash Barnes, you know, I'm not on that side of the fence. But I've also not been overly supportive either. I'm just kind of like, I think he is what he is, right? I mean, a coach that's that's at the end of his career, that is coaching an an old school top basketball that's going to get you to the tournament every year, but. We're just seeing a classic example of what happens when you don't re- recruit point guards, um, and you're you're limited in what you can do offensively with his with his school of play. I mean, it's just what happens, and we're not going to recruit top tier guys going forward with this style of basketball play. It's just not going to happen. So, this is this is the ceiling for us. I think is the round of thirty two, maybe a sixteen. Um, I, Barnes is just never going to make a final four. It's just not going to happen. See you guys. Thank you, uh, Tennessee, a ten and a half point favorite over Louisiana. Tip time, nine forty Eastern Thursday well, night. I, I feel like a, I feel like a little bit of an idiot because I was somebody. I don't even. I think it was just some random person said, "Get ready for Thursday afternoon basketball." And I, my first thought was, "Oh man, I hope it's not like super early Thursday because you know then I'm about to like." Block out that time of the schedule. Maybe Don't worry about other, that. I, I already had like a, I think like one meeting on the Thursday, like during the day, and I was like, why did I schedule that then? And then, boom, it hits nine forty, and I was like, well, I guess I don't have to worry about the like scheduling conflicts at that point. Mm-hmm. Clear then, your Friday morning now, so you can yeah. sleep in a little extra. Now I was, now I was like, well, I guess I'll. Uh, we have a show to do, bud. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Get your Thanks. alarm. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess so. So then I was like, well, uh, maybe just don't schedule anything after the show Friday, so I can, you know, sleepwalk through. But you know, we'll have the game to talk about mm-hmm. Friday morning. Oh no, Friday morning will be easy. And hopefully, it. another game to preview. Yeah. I'm not. Yes, hopefully. I I don't know why the guys on the on the show. I mean, I I think I think Tennessee hasn't looked great, kind of the eyeball tests recently. Mm-hmm. But I still don't understand why the guys were like, "Oh yeah, Louisiana definitely winning that one." Other other than that, other than Tennessee just hasn't looked that impressive. I mean, when you when you look at 
Louisiana's numbers for the season and, and kind of how they play and stuff. There's nothing that jumps off the page like, oh, yeah, they're definitely beating Tennessee. I'm actually not. I actually think you could have gotten a much worse matchup in round one than Louisiana, especially as a four seed. Because, you know, Tennessee had been tracking as a three for a long time, and I think I actually think the committee kind of got it right. Like, Tennessee doesn't like a three seed to me. They don't like a top 12 team to me lately. Well, clearly the committee this year went on body of work and your big wins. I mean, I I was I thought for sure we were getting dropped to a four. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I know the last ten isn't a thing anymore. But it. But yeah. if you watch this team over the last, I mean, probably more than that, honestly. 15, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this just we're like good game, bad game, good game, bad game, good game, bad game. I think we were properly seated. Uh, I think we have the combination of the three best wins in the country and A&M people are upset about where they got seated at but I think when you isn't look that, at isn't it, it funny though like they go from complaining about getting in yeah to the next year they're like well why did we get seated high? like it's like okay like you're in make your run now let's not complain about maybe you should have been a six and got a seven like you're in you're in they like, actually, Vanderbilt could be Mad if they want to. I would say out of some of the pretty much, I mean, there's a good chance that A&M has the worst combination of losses out of any Power 5 team in the tournament. Colorado, Murray State, Wofford, Boise State. I know Boise State got in, but mm-hmm. when you look at just yeah. how A&M finished their season. but I, mean, I don't know. Like, if you're trying to get the bracket right for where these teams are playing now, I mean, their last loss was dece- like that was December 20th. You know, but you don't take how you're playing now. You take the whole season, right? Well, yeah. There's a balance, right? I mean, well, they did say that they if they had lost injuries, they look at bad losses. If they had lost to those three teams recently, I think they're an eleven, right? They're a bubble team. People are mad, but play better at the beginning of the year. Yeah, you know, don't. Well, there there has to be a seven for last eight. Yeah, there has to be a balance. I mean, you can't just yeah. I know. It's like we look at the college football playoff. You can't just pick the team that lost their two out of their first three and then won all the rest of their games. It's like, well, right now they might be the fourth best team, but they don't really deserve it. It's kind of that whole same debate. Did y'all see Lenardi talking about Vandy where he's like, if they hadn't lost to these three teams early in the season. Do you know what he's about to say? This is this is remarkable. Lenardi was talking about Vandy and he's like, Well, I think if they hadn't lost to these three teams earlier in the season that they would have been in. And he named I can't remember. Loyola Chicago and two other teams. Was it Loyola Chicago or Loyola Marymount? I think it was Loyola Chicago. Okay. They played them last year. It was three teams they lost to last year. Oops. And you know where Joe Lenardi's getting his information? The committee. So I, did did the committee look at the wrong resume here? Did they look at last well, CBS year? CBS put the wrong graphic up at one point. I mean, they were all screwed up. Greg Gumble, like they had his text. You know, he's just reading all of that stuff. Yeah, he had it all wrong. And they had the wrong conference listed for one of the teams. Yeah, like, what did he say? And, uh, uh, somebody had won the American, and he's talking about the wrong conference. And, yeah, and and Jay Wright had to jump in and say, "Oh, it's the American." Like, yeah, yeah, Houston was upset today by. I mean, I know Memphis was the team, but he said somebody else to, yeah. to win the American. Yeah, and it's like, what? Conference. What are you talking? And then he, I don't know if you noticed after that, he could not get back on. Yeah, he was. He struggling. called them uh, the Texas Horn Frogs at one point. No, he, he, he called them the TCU Froghorns. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, TCU Froghorns. <laughs> that they didn't have that anything. That wasn't Gumble. Right. That was uh, Clark Kellogg. Yeah, Clark Kellogg. But yeah, they, they were really screwed up. It's so funny because because now that it switches to. 
like the extended CBS where you get TNT and yeah, TBS. Yeah. You get a bunch of NBA guys who are now like stepping in and they're like, here's your prep sheet, get ready. Oh, yeah, I've watched them play. They haven't uh, watched guard. They haven't watched so the Vanderbilt, ball year. The Vanderbilt losses should have been like Southern Miss, VCU, and Grambling State, although VCU isn't a terrible loss. Really, they only had two bad ones. I mean, you can't lose to Grambling. I mean, come on. They were 175th in the, in the Kim Bomb. Uh, but that's crazy that they listed losses from last year. Mm-hmm. Back to the A&M thing, though. I just don't know how you put A&M behind Kentucky. I know Kentucky beat them head-to-head, but they only played once. It was in Rupp Arena. They played all the same teams. Yeah. For the last two months, they played all the same teams, and one of those teams was, you know, I, I don't know. What is 17-2? and two? Yeah, in conference, and one's 11-7. and seven. Like, there's a five-game difference yeah. playing essentially yeah. the same schedule, but we're going to seed one ahead of the other. Like, I It's it's well, I know. Last year. It's, it's the same thing they do with the ACC. Like all the ACC teams got like a seed line or two better than Lenardi had them. Mm-hmm. They did leave Clemson out, which, but again, Clemson's the one ACC school that's more football than basketball. Mm-hmm. You know. Anyway, it, it was at least they left Carolina out and just throw them in there. I, I could always, I figured one of the teams that the experts had way out would just happen to get in the bracket. Right, but they didn't right. do that, so I don't know. Bayheim didn't make it. Yep, yep. He's uh, riding off into the sunset. Uh, final segment. Our one next. Final segment, hour one. Just looking at the bracket. I might have to take back what I said about Louisiana and the matchup, Chris. Because, I mean, like nothing really scare me, scares me about their overall like team ratings and stuff. But then, you know, I'm kind of looking at, I don't know who sent this, but thanks. Uh... And uh, Jordan sent this to us. When you look at the Raging Cajuns, the Sunbelt Tournament champs, of course, automatic qualifiers for the big dance, 26-7. and seven. Um, Nothing on their kind of their Kimpom metrics jumps out as a bad matchup. But then you get to, oh, okay, they were picked to win their conference championship. So people did think they were going to be good coming into the season. Yep. Um, they're... Junior post player Jordan Brown was voted preseason player of the year, so people thought he'd be good coming into the year. He's had a good year. He's averaging 19.4 points, 8.7 rebounds per game. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty good. He's also 6'11", 225. Normally in these matchups, you know, from about four seed, three seed, two seed, one seed, the, the big boy team has kind of a size advantage. But I was kind of looking at the their starting five. I mean, we we kind of do have a size advantage in a few spots, but because they've got two six one guards starting at the one and the two, but then they're six three, and their post they were six seven and six eleven, and then they've got another six six seven guy off the bench, and then uh, 
they got a six six guy coming off the bench. He was actually picked uh, or was voted first team all conference to start the season, but maybe he hasn't had as a good as good a year. So I mean, we have struggled this season when the other team has a an effective big man. Yeah. So that's uh that's a quick look at the Raging Cajuns. Uh if you get past them, obviously you get the winner of Duke Oral Roberts, and then if you get to the Sweet Sixteen, it's gonna be the winner of the Purdue sixteen, Memphis and FAU. Uh, uh Memphis might be one of the hottest teams in the country, Hickman, fair to say. Uh yeah. I mean, granted, I would like to see the rematch with them in Houston in that championship game in an alternate world where Sasser's healthy, but I mean Kendrick Davis is elite, and what gets you far in March, elite guard play. So, definitely wouldn't want to run into Memphis. Who do they have round one? FAU. That's a sneaky good matchup right there, but. Isn't FAU like 37-3 and three or something? I mean, something insane. I'm pretty sure they are. It's crazy. Yeah, FAU's good. I mean, to get a nine seed from that conference is. Yep, 31-3. and three. Yeah, 31-3, and three. yeah. I don't know why I said 37. It's way too many games. Memphis favored by two and a half. It's a good number. But, uh, I mean, I don't – I know Duke is Duke, but, I mean, they they haven't been the same – they haven't been the same team until – they haven't been a good basketball team until recently. They are pretty bad about halfway through the conference slate. Did they get somebody back? Yeah. Because I watched them, I've watched them play one full game, and it was when they played Miami at Miami. Mm-hmm. They couldn't get the ball across half court. They got somebody back, but I haven't really kept up with them much this year. I think year. they had like thirty-one turnovers in that game, or something. It was, it was remarkable. Yeah, Miami got a five seed. That might have been the first. That was, I guess, the second bracket that they announced. Uh, when Virginia got a four, like. You could just tell that, and Missouri got the seven. I was like, all right, ACC is going to be slightly overrated. It looks like they were, the ACC got like one seed better, and some of the SEC teams got one seed worse mm-hmm. than the experts were saying. I did like how the committee has to rank every team now, one through 68, though. Like, I don't know if you saw late in the selection I didn't show. See it. They had the bracket, and they had every, the number beside every team. Like, Tennessee was, what, 14? 14, I think. Louisiana was 54, maybe. So it was – I mean, that was good to see. And I guess it forces the committee not to, you know, have one team just way out of whack, you know. Yeah. Did you I, mean, guys, I guess they could still do that and just say, oh, yeah, we have them ranked. Yeah. You guys see Jordan Brown is a former five-star prospect and McDonald's All-American? Uh, no. For Louisiana? Uh, he originally signed with Eric Musselman at Nevada and later transferred to Arizona and won the Pac-12 Sixth Man of the Year before transferring to Louisiana. <laughs> where his dad was a star basketball player back in the day as well. So he, uh, they say he can't go home again, but apparently he did. He's just one guy. Yeah. Just one man. We going to double him like we did Kobe Brown? wonder how good he is as a passer. wonder if he's a pick-and-pop dude. I don't know. We'll get more into the metrics here on the flip side as we kick off Hour 2 next. <laughs> 